0: What a strike. What a, screamer. And a fantastic goal! Arsenal back in it! Here's lines it up, finds the net. Arsenal in front. Eight wins on the spin leaves Arsenal fans finding more and more creative ways to complain about performance. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Elliot Smith, and you can block me on Twitter, Gunner. So, if that sounded a little more uh, stumbly than you're used to, that's because we are not only recording a podcast right now, but we are doing it live. So, those of you who are listening live, welcome, thank you. Those of you who are listening not live, welcome, thank you. Basically, welcome and thank you to everyone, and enough about me, let's talk about the guests. The guests include Tim. You can find him on Twitter, at Stilberto. Hello, Tim. In Springfield. (laughs) Awesome. Great. Are are you here? You're here. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes, good. Uh, and uh, uh, Clive, you can find him on Twitter at Clive P-A-F-C. Hello, Clive. Hello, hello. Hello, indeed. Okay, so we're off to a flyer, kind of like the Arsenal. Uh, let's do this. Let's get this out of the way. Let's do this right off the top so that everybody can just enjoy listening to the podcast. But we have some housekeeping. So a few things. First of all, over on the Patreon side, next week we will have in the spotlight Mesodozo uh, on Friday. Gosh, that's tomorrow. Today, if you're listening today, we're going to have <laughs> uh, giant Calgunner gunner says, long time listener, first time caller. We're not taking callers. Uh, <laughs> we are going to have uh, Tim's preview video up on Patreon. This will get posted as a regular podcast, of course. So uh, all of that good stuff is going to happen. A couple of things I want you to know. First of all, uh, if you are a drinker of beer and a lover of beer, you should visit our friends at Beer52. Go to Beer52.com forward slash vision. Uh, 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 is that right? I think that's right beer52.com forward slash vision yeah so beer52.com is the world's number one craft beer delivery service uk only sadly but you will get a free case of craft beer a free case of craft beer plus uh, a magazine and a snack uh all you have to do is pay two pounds 95 shipping but yeah it'll be amazing and this time you are going to get the winners from the raise the bar competition beer 52 search for the uk's best new small Brewers in partnership with London's Craft Beer Festival, uh, Unity's 7% Export Stout, Boxcars Belgian IPA, and West by Three's Mothership Wit Passion Fruit. If you want a free case of craft beer, and why would you not, go to beer52.com. Uh, they have a perfect five-star rating on Trustpilot. Everybody loves them, and you can cancel any time, so just get the free case. Okay, uh, please go do that. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about the game. And Tim, uh, mm. as Unai Emery continues to shake up the bag of players and reach in and see what he pulls out. Tonight, he pulled out a back three. What did you think mm. of that?
1: Yeah, I was really surprised actually, because I've kind of been calling for this. But well, I say calling for it. It's been like a a quiet preference that I've had, uh, maybe not so quiet, um, for a little while. But but like, but with the first team, with with guys like Ramsey and Özil and uh, and uh, yeah, guys. Um, but with with this one, uh, I found it really interesting. I'd really like to know the reason why he did it, whether it was because there was a part of me that just thought, hmm, does does he just really, really not see Kolasinac as a left-back? Which I think Wenger didn't either. After a while, he, he saw him purely as a left-wing back. Um, but then I thought, well, no, Monreal's playing, and actually he's got the players to play a back four here um and he's you know he's he's got the players with him to play a four two three one so there must be a reason behind this i can only imagine it was um it was just to do with the idea of making us defensively a little bit more solid um particularly because we've had a really hard time uh kind of helping our backs out recently and um yeah, so I, I I think maybe that was the reason. Maybe he just thought it was a good time, for, uh, good game for experimentation as well. Most of us, I think, wanted to see uh, a bit of a second string lineup. so why not try another formation? But then there's another part of me that thinks, well, what's the point in testing new formations with the second string? Um, so I, I'd be really interested, because I, I still haven't quite got my head round... Um, That's not to say there isn't a good reason. It's just I can't think of the obvious reason why he did this. But I I think it had maybe mixed success in the first half. The the one thing I really did like was kind of Iwobi just a little bit infield in that half space and Kolasinac just keeping the width of the pitch. And um, Karabag really struggled to deal with that. The other thing I quite liked was actually having someone on the right-hand side. um, Well, actually having two players on the right-hand side and um, another one of the things I liked which um, a- again fairly awobe centric um, I think Smith Rowe held the width of that right-hand side side quite well um, I don't think Lichtsteiner did I, th- I think he was a bit, a bit rubbish to be honest um, agreed not been hugely uh, hugely impressed with him so far but what Smith Rowe did really well was you know Mikatarian esque just kind of holding that right-hand side And one of the things that Iwobi gives you, and the reason I think Wenger stuck with Iwobi last year, even when he wasn't playing well, is because when he comes off that left-hand side, um, he doesn't want to just stay in that 10 yards of space. Like, we were still, particularly in the first half, had a heavy left-sided bias. But what Iwobi does is he kind of, he likes to come um, horizontally across the pitch and go towards the right-hand side. He carries the ball, basically, into other spaces. And so I think Iwobi, um, kind of, he, he made, well, him and Kalasnach made a, a really good partnership together, but at the same time, having Iwobi there, and El Elneny does this a little bit as well. He kind of, he, he looks up and he looks across and he spreads the game um, a little bit. So I think those things worked well. Um, defensively, it didn't seem to make us any more secure. I think um, Holding had, um, a bit of a tough time in the first half doing that, you know. Monreal's got that hybrid left back centre half role absolutely locked. Yeah, doesn't look side. comfortable
0: with it at all to me. He, no, he, he was no, very conservative exactly. with his passing too.
1: Yeah, and he kept and, and because I don't think Lichtsteiner was very good, he was he was going out there quite a lot. And yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think he looked that comfortable. He looked far more comfortable in the second half. So it was it was a really interesting experiment actually, and I think it was. Um, the most interesting thing about the game.
0: Yeah, it it was very interesting and very unexpected. But, I mean, Clive, you've been begging for a back three, obviously not with this collection of players. So I'm curious to get your sense of, you know, were you excited to see it? Were you disappointed to see it with this group and, and how you thought it played out?
2: I just think it's nice that he's prepared to flip systems just like that. And I think that shows us a level of bravery. I think everybody's waiting to see the Emery system. Well actually I have I've got a completely different view on this. I think it's much more about him establishing a platform at Arsenal and the platform is based on work ethic, moving the ball quickly, being more direct, passing the ball forward earlier, crossing earlier, moving very quickly. I think that just made us a little bit more sort of urgent in our play. I think that's the foundation stone. And when you start to develop that foundation stone, then you can start to flip with systems. So this is actually quite exciting that he, he felt confident to do this away in front of 50, 60,000 people in carrier bag land, right? So I think that's really, really good. I think the key thing for, for me is what he's trying to do, and he said it himself, He's, he's trying to develop a, a winning mentality and this is why all of these star players are traveling right because he wants his one for all all for one type mentality we're, we're all in it doesn't matter where he is all the ones are left behind isn't there's, there's a, a clear reason why they're left behind there's no one messing about no one choosing to sit on the set to watch these senders this is all about Arsenal Football Club and we're all in it and we're going to bring on our superstars later on and I, and I was quite pleased to see him being brave enough to make his formation change. Did it work? Eh, I don't think it did. I, I think it didn't because the wing-backs, I think they just got a bit tired. Both of them have not been playing. And so when they got tired, they just tucked in a bit too much and turned us into a back five, which means we couldn't get out so easily. And our midfielders looked like they were getting robbed. They were getting robbed because they had no exits. And we ended up, they ended up getting second efforts and creating a bit of pressure. Our goalkeeper saved us while we were sloppy. And I think the goalkeeper, I know we, I'm know, i sure you're going to come on to him.
0: Oh, he yeah. Deserves mm-hmm.
2: a, he deserves a massive round of applause. right? So, um, so, yeah, so I was pleased, mate, in the end. But um, is it good? Yes, because I think he's brave enough to do it. That means foundation stones are being laid.
0: Yeah, and I I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the funny thing is I'm usually the first to go absolutely mental at basically anything. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to predict what'll set me off and there are a lot of hills I'm willing to die on. In fact, if you went to a place with a lot of hills, you'd probably find parts of my body all over the tops of those hills. And yet... I didn't really give a shit about this. It's carry a bag away in the Europa League where we're going to qualify out of this group, no problem. So I was just happy that he wasn't risking too many critical players. I mean, I would have preferred that we took that cat we found on the pitch before the match and played him at center back instead of Socrates. But like, other than that, I wasn't too concerned. The cool part about this game, obviously, is the performances of Iwobi and Emil Smith-Rowe because you get, you know, uh, a first-time goal, debutante goal for uh, Smith-Rowe. You get one for Genduzi and you get one for socrates right all them so yeah so they all get their first goal for the club which was great but i mean just for a moment let's set aside all the whining we can always come back to that but tim how nice is it to see uh two halen products coming out and performing like this goals for emma smith rowe and assist for alex awobi and watching them really be sort of the bright spots of the game
1: yeah hugely hugely encouraging and and particularly that second goal where Iwobi is the one that sets up Smith Rowe um and actually Iwobi in that moment maybe i'm overplaying this but he really looked like the senior player and obviously he is the senior player um right. there but it's it's interesting in those moments where players show you something. I think in in little moments where he's running with the ball and he's almost telling Smith Rowe, you know, go on, run into that space, run into that space. I'll, I'll. Everything about his body shape is. You run there, and I'll get I'll get you the ball. Don't you worry about it. And almost that little bit of guidance. And you know, look, I'm not saying that Alex Iwobi is Tony Adams, and we should make him captain. And he's a leader, and everything. He did like have that, the armband,
0: but. didn't he? At the end of the game, didn't he finish with the armband, or before he was taken off in the second half? Am I wrong about that? Uh, Wellbeck had it. Well back
2: at it. Uh, damn it I yes. was wrong yeah, about yeah, it yeah, yeah. All right, All right. <laughs> <laughs> just add it to the list. But, but I, I know I, you I mean just, to him. It looked like a graduation moment there,
1: didn't it? It, it, it did. Yeah, it was like an almost literal passing of the baton. Um, and I know that that is overselling it a little bit, but you know I I, I I'm a strong believer that players show you things in little moments um, sometimes and that's uh, what they show you is is um it, it's kind of potential you know it's ability it's yes that there's something i can isolate that and i want to get that out of you more often that kind of confidence where you think yeah yeah i'm i'm alright i've had you know x amount of games with the first team um you know come with me son kind of thing um and and it's it's a huge credit to um it's a huge credit to everyone who does lots and lots of work at End the amount of money that has been poured into facilities, not just at Hale End at Colney, I've, I've, you know, I've seen it for myself at Colney and they do it all. And they know, and from all of Per Mertesacker's interviews, it's, it's very interesting with Mertesacker. All of his interviews have seemed to be uh, are more focused on the people who aren't going to make it because the vast majority of them won't, won't even see a first team game, won't even get near it. And, um, And, you know, that that kind of that whole human side of it and setting them up for for life. And now you automatically you do coaching badges once you hit the under 18. So, yeah, yeah, so that if you don't make it, you've immediately got um, a career option. And um, and yeah, and and it's and, and they do all of that knowing that only one or two players will ever come through and that and that doesn't even i've been saying this about a lot of our young players for a while like the likes of uwobi maitland niles nelson they don't have to be the next messi if they can be like if maitland niles can be the next shields grimondi that's good that's still good that still saves us like i don't know 10 15 million pounds and it's still good development and and you know smith Rowe might it, Smith Rowe might never be like the next Fabregas or whatever. Um, you know, he's he's possibly got the ability to to be a real fixture for us. But you know, if if they can just be, if we can just have some squad players, even from the youth team, I've said it again and again. Ferguson did this brilliantly. It wasn't just the golden generation. He kept. Churning these players out, and um, yeah, and I'm I'm sure everyone who's involved in the setup at higher will be, um, you know, clinking a glass tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think they have every right to. And the one thing I will say about Smith Rowe is he really likes to drive the ball into the center of the pitch. And if anything tells you that he's a fit for Arsenal, I think to make it at Arsenal, you have to show that you want to play in the center of the pitch and refuse to occupy other spaces. So he's already got that in his game. <laughs> he could have had two actually. And was it a Wobie that played the beautiful cross to him that he just? slid to the outside of the post? Or Might did that well come from Kolasinac? No, I think it was Kolasinac. It was a yeah, nice, yeah, really yeah. nice Kolasinac uh, ball. Yeah. But So, I mean, a, a good day for smith And maybe the back three, you guys. I mean, one thing I, I think is because we didn't have a lot of really experienced goal-scoring attackers on the pitch to start the game, maybe the back three was also designed to let Awobi and smith stay closer to goal and stay further up the pitch. One mm. thing that we heard awobi say is that Emery wants him to concentrate on end product and stay in the final third and be more active in the final third and we saw that tonight and he was able to do that because he didn't have to make as many recovery runs didn't have to cover as much of the pitch and I think that really suits him it's getting harder and harder to get the ball off him he's really developed a strength on the ball but with awobi it's always going to come down to judging him by end product because Woby has flattered to deceive previously. Um, where the final third has kind of been a mess for him. But tonight, he gets an assist. I thought he was very good in the final third. He's my man of the match. Um, I know he's a player you have a lot of time for, Clive. So for you, your thoughts on his performance and how close he must be to, to claiming a spot in, in the first team.
2: Yeah, he's on his way, isn't he? Um, he looks like he's dropped to size in shorts. That's, a, that's the first thing you can see. He just looks really chiseled. And, um, and he's moving well. He's driving well. You judge him on final ball. I I judge him on ball retention, actually. I think if he can really retain the ball in tight spaces, which he's started to do, use his strength and start to move, that's the sort of skill that we're sort of um, lacking a little bit. That sort of press-resistant type player that can play outside and inside. I think his future is going to be inside. Just as he gets older and stronger, I I just think he'll naturally fall inside. And when he does, He's going to be a very, very good player. I think, going on Tim's point about these young players being squad players, I've said for a while now that this this group that we have, the difference between them and the older groups that we used to have, is that physically they look the part. I mean, Smithrow is 18 and he looks like a six-footer already. Gwendouza, I know we bought him in, he's 19. He looks strong, he looks energetic, he won't be the same. Maitland-Niles is also super fast and great, very athletic, and that gives you a base by which you can put them into a game, and they're not going to let you down. And as smith row and Iwobi are very technical, and um, and we're starting to see, you know, what's really unfortunate we haven't seen Maitland-Niles grab these opportunities because he always seems to be injured at the wrong moment. But um, we've all seen him in, in in patches, and and we all think that he's gonna he's gonna reach similar heights. So with this group, we're seeing a physical base which is strong and a technical base which is developing. And that calmness that Iwobi showed is something that basically wasn't always there. And I think he's starting to relax a little bit more. The pressure's coming off. The belief that the new coaches are giving him is obvious. He's looking more relaxed. He's, He's hungry for the ball. And he feels, I'm part of this now, I'm a big part of this. I've got belief, I've got a new contract. the club believes in me, I've got a pay rise. other people are being moved on, and I'm here. And this is like that's all a player needs, right? So he's starting to feel it and show it now. and, um, and people mustn't stop thinking about the final ball because they're going people who drive and dribble into wide areas and take risks, their final ball are always going to be suspect. I think what we're seeing him with composure and the experience he's now showing at first level, you know, well, that's the key measure for me, and I think um, he's doing fantastic.
0: Yeah, Eden Hazard might have a word with you about that final ball being not so good from dribbly wide players, but I take your point. Um, look, I i think it's going to be a ton of fun when Obama Yang starts on the left and Ozil starts on the right on uh, Sunday against <laughs> Fulham, so that'll be a blast. So, uh, Tim, let's talk about some of the other players that we don't get quite a lot of looks at, and I think there was mm-hmm. an expectation that maybe uh, Kalasinac might take Montreal's spot this season and and get his real chance to be the left back for the club. Uh injury mm. obviously gave him a false start on the season, but we do get to see him play tonight. And I think what we're seeing is what we're familiar with with him. He's such a contradiction. He looks like a tank, like a guy who should be a destroyer center back. Mm. He plays like a ballerina. Um it he's got, you know, light on his feet. He's doing roulettes and things like that. But he's not much for the defensive side of the game. I mean, how worried are you that if he is going to be a fullback at the club, he doesn't look up to it defensively?
1: Yeah, I, I, he doesn't look like a fullback to me. I think um, I think we might have said this before last season. When he's got the ball, he's super aggressive. Like that first first couple of minutes, he goes down goes down the left hand side, and the carabag player. You know, it was it was like bruce banner style you know the, <laughs> yeah. the, the the more he was trying to pull kolasinac's shirt I, I swear his biceps were growing like all the time it was like a bit you know hulk smash when, when he's got the ball he's super aggressive uh or when he's going for it but when the other player has the ball i just i think there's something about his body shape that just doesn't quite not not um not necessarily physically his body shape um but he 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 doesn't quite have that half turn um, kind of stance down like Mom does. Like Mom really, really like he's really good at pushing off his back foot and twisting his hips and twisting his shoulders, which you have to do a lot of um, as a fullback and um and, and Kalasnach just doesn't quite have that. he doesn't quite have that pivot in his hips and his shoulders he't can't, He can't get turned off the ball and there was there was definitely a chance for Karabag in in the second half where he just kind of he lost the, he looked up and he saw the runner, and then he looked at the ball, and then all of a sudden the runner slightly changed direction and he couldn't he just couldn't get turned and um i I don't think he is a fullback. I think he can definitely play a wing back. Um, maybe, although I prefer him running onto the ball, aggressiveness. I I think I read when we signed him at Schalke in his last season, he played a lot in a midfield three and I I could see, see him in that role. I, I see him certainly as more of a midfielder than a defender. I don't think he's got brilliant defensive instincts. Although when we first signed him, if you remember his first couple of games were at the center of a back three. And um, the centre of a back three is quite a good place to put a defender that isn't great at defending, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you can hide him, You've got someone on either side. (laughs) Exactly. It's where Chelsea put David Luiz. It's where, you know, I think if we're going to play Mustafi, that's where we should put him. So they can go, they can be aggressive. They can even be a bit reckless. They can go and attack the ball. And if they don't get it, there's two centre-backs behind them. So I I can see uh, it's more... um, it's more about jewels when you're in the middle of that back 3 whereas the two to the side of you they're the ones who are doing all the twisty turny stuff with their body and shepherding and showing you inside whereas the middle center backs like an attack dog so i i, I definitely see why kalaschnach you know can play that middle pin in the back 3 but i, I don't think he's a full back and i don't really think he's a defender he's he's another one who um uh, you know he's 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 a wing back really but other than that he, he reminds me a little bit, in a weird way, of Thomas Vermaelen. In that, I think Thomas Vermaelen is a good footballer, but I can't think of a single position I'd play him in. You know, I, I, I look at him and I think, objectively, you're a good football player. You've got a lot of good attributes, but I don't think I trust you at centre back. I don't think you're quite good enough to be a midfielder. I, I, like, I don't know what I'd do with you, kind of thing. Yeah, and I, a couple I've, good full back performances for
0: us, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah, but. But to be fair, maybe we're we're being kind of well. Maybe I'm being overcritical because in the first half, as a left wing back, I thought he was devastating. I don't think Karabag yeah. that that partnership between him and Awobi Karabak couldn't handle it, and that to me, so far from what I've seen, I, I don't see anything other than a left wing back in a three-five-two.
0: He. He was in the team of the Bundesliga team of the season as a wingback. And I think as a wingback, he's perfectly serviceable. You're going to get a little bit of a liability defensively, but it's made up for by being a very effective attacking player. And he has the cover in a back three. I don't see how he can be a fullback in a back two. And that is problematic because you've got Maitland Niles who's injured, you've got Nacho Monreal who's 30. And, you know, it, it just creates a depth issue. And it's funny because we bring in Licksteiner, you know, we have Kolasinac and Maitland-Niles, and we're thinking, okay, maybe we have some depth at fullback. And it turns out that Cola looks more like a, a wingback, Maitland-Niles is injured, and Licksteiner looks like what you'd expect a mid-30s guy who just left Juventus to look like, someone who's just collecting a last paycheck. So, you know, I, I and maybe that's a little harsh on him, but to be fair, other than yelling and screaming and looking generally mean and nasty, I don't know that he's been very effective. So... Fullback continues to maybe be an area where we are stretched a little thinner than we might have thought. So uh, l- let's just shift gears a little bit, uh, Clive, and and talk about the center backs because Socrates, when he comes on, he just continues to impress. Unfortunately, I don't think Holding did, and as we continue to look for where the right partnership might be and any alternative to Mustafi, whose best position might be uh, the boot of a car, I think... <laughs> um you know tonight wouldn't necessarily have once again cemented holdings place in the first team do you feel that he maybe came up short on what he needed to do one more time
2: uh, I, do, I don't think so if you think I okay well, that, that's that wrong so should we get tim's opinion no I'm just <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well if you think about it he's been playing left centre half most of the time right and so he's been moved to right yeah, centre back so it's so a yeah. completely different area of the pitch for him and then he goes back to left centre half and I think he settles down right so I think um, I think it's a, we had a back five and, it, and it, it was an experiment and almost all the players were doing it for the first time apart from Monreal or maybe Col- Coliseum for Arsenal sort of thing and I'm thinking hold on a minute this is, like, interesting. Let's see how they go. So Holdings on his right foot. He's put a lot of time on his left foot. And he just felt a little bit awkward in those situations. But Arsenal are, you know, on the on the left side, kind of scenic, what he does is that he rests in defence, but he's not a defender. So when he's tired, he tucks in narrow and rests. Doesn't get his shoulders around the right way. He just fills the hole and then thinks, cracking the ball's coming. I'm not ready for it. And, and he drops deep. Completely drops the line, and oh, I said a the half. They have to react to this. They they push up. They're in sync, and he's left behind. And I think it was just the combinations and partnerships that made maybe holding and and Monvier look a little bit lumpy on occasions, but um, I didn't think he he did too bad. I don't see him. I see him as a a very good Premiership centre back. If I'm brutally honest with you, I I think we need a a true left-sided centre-back. I've been watching um, well, like Man City, and you've been watching Barcelona last night, and they've got two left-footers in there, and I think it'll do wonders for our distribution. I think it'll do wonders for our shapes and our patterns if you had a natural left-footer and, and left side of the centre.
0: I don't know uh, if you've not, seen him, uh, Um, but there's a, there's a centre-back I watched play pretty well, actually, in the Champions League this week, uh, the name it, uh, Gabriel Paulista, I think is his name yeah, I yeah. don't know if you spotted a, him but
2: he looked pretty impressive a, well you know if, if you look at him <laughs> I quite like him you know, I'm on record right? I quite like him but he's okay, not lefty you don't, a left you don't team, have right? to take that seriously by the way I'm just shit stirring <laughs> he's not a lefty but I watched him that Lengley play for Barcelona last night and somebody that we were linked with I think we're never too sure I think wow if we had him they you know, watched Laporte play very good player I just think that's the future. We we need to do this properly and so I think holding will always be a squad rotation centre half. But for me he's moved way ahead of what people talk about Callum Chambers a little while ago. Well, that's gone very quiet. Right, he's barely making a team at Fulham. He's in and out and I've got Fulham friends and they're not overly impressed with him. Yeah, so I got that I one totally Holden, wrong. Hold my hand up there. I, I, th- <laughs> I think Holding has stepped past Chambers. And if they're competing for one contract, I think Holden is gonna is gonna be fine at Arsenal for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would still probably give him a shot to pair with Socrates at the weekend if we're playing a back four. Um, and just give Mustafi the day off and then maybe the day off in midweek and then maybe the day off after that and then maybe just forget where we left him in the car park and then maybe just never have him back. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm still still figuring out how I feel about that guy. Hey, one thing that's created a little bit of debate online is everything, but apart from everything, Tim, is uh, Ganduzi's performance. So I am the first to think someone played poorly and yet I actually thought this was a really good performance. I think my feeling mm. with Ganduzi is I still don't totally trust him in the defensive third, and he's still not mm. as precise as he could be in the attacking third, which we talked about with Wobbe. You talked about a lot. That that takes the longest to develop, right, as a final ball. Mm. But in the middle third of the pitch, I love what he does. I love the way he shapes mm. his body. I love the way he receives and turns and distributes. He makes some good progressive passes. And this is where statistics, you know, I, I realize there's lies, damn lies and statistics, and, you know, sometimes they don't have a bearing. But I got a lot of people saying to me uh, on Twitter, Go fuck yourself! But in addition to the usual, uh, I had a lot of people saying, you know, to me, oh, he was sloppy on the ball; he gave the ball away too much. He, um, you know, he he was dispossessed too often. But then I looked at the statistics, and I, I'm just bringing them up again because I had the mid match, but I want to make sure I now have the full match statistics. Ninety one percent completed. All right, sixty six mm. to seventy three. He misplaced <clears> seven <throat> passes the whole game. Um, he was dispossessed uh, one time. Had two ball recoveries. He was 8 of 11 in attacking third passes, so pretty good attacking third, one of one inside the penalty area, scored a goal. Um, Mm. I mean, 91% passing, dispossessed once, scored a goal. What else did he need to do? I mean, what did you think of his performance? Is there something he was doing poorly that I maybe missed?
1: no i don't think so i thought he was really good as well i i agree with you i think in that kind of middle third of the pitch he's really really good i think maybe um in the defensive phase he can still be a little bit rash which you know uh obviously largely due to his age i think
0: do you think um, it's just from and shaka also, shaka's tutelage maybe <laughs> <laughs>
1: no maybe no. <laughs> um but he, he, he he can, he can, yeah, he can still be, you know, off the ball. I mean, still a little bit. Rat- so, so basically I think he's really, really good on the ball. And you see like, um, you know, doing the passing out from the back stuff. He like, he doesn't care at all. He doesn't care if he's got someone like up his backside when he's getting the ball off the goalkeeper. He he really doesn't mind. He's really nice and relaxed. Um, he's really good at playing those kind of just pin, pinning pinging the ball between, like, two players who are closing down as well. I think he's he's really got a really good out ball when we're in our own half. Um, I think maybe, you know, when he gets when he gets the whites of a goalkeeper's eyes um, or he he gets in the last third of the pitch, maybe he gets a little bit overexcited and maybe the same when he's defending off the ball at times. But uh, I think all of that's to be quite expected. I I do also think, I I know it it sounds like um, quite a silly point to make. So, so first of all, the, the reason I think that some people might have thought that is because, because of the type of player he is when it, when it doesn't go right, it's, it's quite noticeable because he plays the brave pass quite often. Also his hair. <laughs> um, think, think about, um, the reputation of guys like Marouane Fellaini and David Luiz, who continue to get into teams, um, you know, that are, that are pretty good and pretty successful, albeit Manchester United aren't very good at the moment, but, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, but, i I really really quite honestly think that sometimes you know on a very subconscious level that you know those sorts of players with big noticeable hair (laughs) can draw attention to themselves and and often um in a in in a kind of negative way almost because people don't quite take you seriously um but yeah I, i i really like him i think he's really nice and calm um at the right moments he's really nice and brave he plays those kind of really progressive passes um, upfield and um he he looks like you can hear in all his interviews you know you can tell when someone's just giving you the chat in an interview where they say oh it's an honor to play for arsenal blah blah, blah mm-hmm. and they fall asleep while they're talking but you can tell he really means it and um you know that his his reaction when he scored was really very much, you know, he he's got that nice, like, um, that nice childlike kind of wow. I can't, and probably this is a symptom of coming straight from League Two, but, you know, that wow, I can't believe I'm here. I'm playing for Arsenal and. You know, he, he said this himself many times when you grow up in France and you're of a certain age, you know, Arsenal is has an extra resonance. It's not just another European club. It's 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 basically a French club, isn't it? When you look back kind of 15 years. So um, but but I mean, none of that really has any bearing on his ability as a player. I, I just think he he doesn't. In in that middle, in, like for his actual main duties in the middle of the field, he doesn't look 20 years old. He looks um, more than his age. Maybe off the ball, he still looks a bit 20 years old sometimes. Um, maybe in the last 20 yards, he can look 20 years old sometimes. But in that middle third, which is where we want him, um, I, I think he looks really, really good. I think he looks like a real find. And he looks to me like he's got... Um, that kind of mentality to play for a club like Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I agree. The only thing I will say is whenever I see him sort of standing there with his hands on his hips, I always expect to see like a cigarette in his mouth and he's waiting for a photo shoot to get started or something. He's got sort of like a, <laughs> uh, uh, some kind of like a magazine model from the 1940s kind of look about him. He's a very unique-looking player, and sometimes that, you're right, uh, creates a bias among people. But, I mean, you compare with Elneny. Elneny completed 98% of his passes, 48 of 49 but he's sort of the epitome of just safe and careful. Twenty-seven um, percent were forward, so he played just thirteen forward passes. He played just five in the attacking third. Uh, by comparison, Genduzi was forty-two percent forward of his of his passes, and and actually played a lot more passes as well. I believe um, he played yeah sixty-six successful passes. So. You know, you're going to give it away a little bit more when you're more progressive, but I don't think you can afford to have two central midfielders who are playing just 27% of their passes forward, especially in a back three, and yeah. be penetrative. Yeah, go ahead.
1: And uh, I was just going to say, you know, he he played alongside Elneny um, tonight, and, uh, you know, I, I, I like Elneny. I, I think he's
0: a, a perfectly serviceable squad player, but I think you saw a difference there, didn't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, well, you think about 27, and maybe, maybe, I did I say... Emery, when I meant Elneny. But, uh, I mean, Elneny played 27% of his passes forward and compared yeah, yeah. to 42% from uh, Ganduzi. So, yeah, I, I do think you see the difference. And, again, you know, Elneny is a tough player. He's sort of tofu in some ways. There's nothing particularly terrible about what he does on the pitch. There's just nothing particularly incredible that stands out to you because he's very safe. Um, you know, and against a team like this where you just don't want to give them easy chances to hurt you, maybe that's better than someone like Shaka, you know, Selling a pass to a central defender short and leading to a, a, a transitional opportunity for the opposition, but yeah, I'd much rather have Ginduzzi's characteristics on the pitch. So, Clive, um, you know, I mean, I I, I thought
2: Ginduzi was impressive. Account?
0: Yeah, Can I go give ahead. You a,
2: account of you?
0: Um, uh, I mean, well, I'm I, curious because there are a lot of people in my mentions telling me that he was not great.
2: I think he, I think he was fine, but uh, seriously, you no, if I was his manager, I'd be really working on him. he's a player that's got a huge personality and the fact he's been there two minutes and he's strutting around our midfield jogging and getting the ball and stroking it around receiving it under pressure that doesn't tell you he's a shy little flower right? he's not he wants it he has got the personality to play for Arsenal so I think this is the time to get him to get him to be more disciplined positioning, I think he floats too much. I think he floats into wide areas too much and he doesn't recover essentially quickly enough, which means we are letting people pour through our middle. So on the ball, he looks wonderful. But off the ball, I don't think he's urgent enough to recover back into his position. And I think that's why he's come out of the team. What he does on the ball is really good. He's quite progressive. He wants to play the ball forward. He's not scared of a diagonal. He's not scared of a sort of reverse pass through the lines. He points where he wants it. He's got all of those things that on a two-minute YouTube clip would look absolutely tremendous. But when that clip finishes, he has to run back into his hole. It's. It's. I'm not seeing it, mate. I'm not seeing it. And so I would get hold of him, and I'd say, "Right, you. You're doing fantastic. But there's two sides to this game." I'd get him now at 1920 to make sure he's not another one of these players that we develop that can only play one way make sure he's a two-way player he's got it he can go to ground he can work hard he can buy fouls he can shield the ball maybe that wasn't required massively tonight but i would get hold of him and make sure he does those fundamental things because when he does that he won't be one of those players that we're not sure what he is he'll be one of those players that can play in the midfield too because he can go both ways and he's brave and he can receive it I think it's very important we don't develop players. We've got so many of these players now at Arsenal. Some of them have gone. So one of them was about to go. Where we debate what they are, because they don't do both sides of the job. If we can make sure he does, then we won't lose him into that floaty eight and a half, ten type position, and then they end up not being as, or end up being judged. Has not been developed properly at Arsenal, so he's one I would get hold of right now before the problem becomes big, and mm-hmm. make him an absolutely strong centre midfielder that can go both ways, and because his potential is huge. You've
0: you really struck out. a chord with me there, too, Clive, because I know a thing or two about looking really good for two minutes. So I mean that that is absolutely something I can identify with. Yeah. I think um, y- no, you're right, and and the the truth is. When we watched him in preseason, I was so impressed with him on the ball, but we all thought, this is a guy who's going to get bypassed. We saw it in the Chelsea preseason game. I think it was him and Elneny, actually, who got bypassed time and time again in the center of midfield, and you're right, until he develops that awareness to track back and stay positionally oriented, he probably is going to stay out of the first team. The irony, of course, is the player who gets his position is Granite Shaka, who sort of struggles with the same thing, so yeah, I mean, it's it's six and one half dozen the other, but uh, Clive, I'll stay with you just for a minute because we made the change at halftime. Torreira came on. Now I have not seen comments post match yet because we started recording this right away. Do do any of us know if any information has been passed along about a Nacho Monreal injury? I assumed it was just tactical. He wanted to look at another setup. Do we know anything
2: different? I haven't I thought- seen it yet. Have you seen it, Tim? I'm not seeing nope. it. Okay, and I hope it's not injury because man.
0: Yeah, we we, we we need him. <laughs> um, the good news is I, I I'm not super. I, I'm all right. Blame me when this goes wrong, but I'm not super worried about Sunday's game. But Clive, just real quick, your thoughts on Torreira and the influence he had. I thought this was a performance where he looked like he's still kind of figuring it out for us.
2: No, nah, well, mate, when he comes on, he just stands in the middle of that pitch and says, "Right, this is it. I'm here." you lot move you move there to the left you move to the right this is my hole no doubt's what he is um, I, I don't worry about him too much he's playing every every game now He's he's on the pitch and I think it's obvious the manager trusts him, which is great. You know, he brought him on in games to solidify games or change games. Now he's starting games. And he came on in this game. And we were rocking a little bit before halftime. I mean, they didn't have the quality. But we were rocking and then we rocked a little bit afterwards. And then by the end of the game, we had it under control. So I, I think he's a definite controlling player that does some dirty work. It doesn't look spectacular. But he's, he fills holes properly knows when to engage, gets bypassed now and again, gets good strong headers in, moves the ball quickly. I, I, I tell you what, mate, he's he is one of those players you can literally almost build the team around because you know what he's going to do. His game is so clear. I almost don't worry about the execution because the intent is always the same. He has the same attitude, the same desire. The execution will be better on some days than others. I, I can take Thursday night after a six-hour flight away at carrier bag. Uh, if he's not perfect, I can deal with that. But we need him at twelve thirty on um, on Sunday morning, whenever it is, because I think that is a huge game, and I think we're going to need all of our players fresh and, and moving well. I think it's, this is a potential slippery slope up for them.
0: Oh, interesting. I uh, see. I would I would not have said that, but then again, what, what do I know about football? For God's sakes. Um, I, I just don't think defensively they have any chance of keeping us out. I think they can score on us because they are a living, breathing 11 human beings. But I, I think we can outscore them. Um, Tim, I, 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 well, first of all, I do want to get your thoughts on Torreira's performance as well. I mean, I think part of the problem is if you're watching this on a stream on a mobile device, he's just too small to see, so it's difficult to tell if he's there <laughs> at all. Um, it, is there something more to it than that, or is that the kind of in-depth analysis we need on this podcast?
1: I'd say the the thing I found about Torreira was that I didn't notice him and um, that's I think that's quite a good sign for someone playing in that position and um, that that's what everyone used to say about uh, Gilberto Silva for example people used to say that sat around me he's like the referee if you don't notice him he's had a stormer. Um, Mike Dean and, is
0: furious with that. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: well, yeah, indeed. Well, he, he has different types of story. He, he's, he has a stormer as a performer. He's a performer. Um, God bless him. but, <laughs> but yeah, that that's, that's like the best thing I can say about, about Terraro is that I, I didn't really, I can't remember anything that he did. And that probably means that he didn't do anything wrong. And, um, and, and in that position, that's, That's absolutely great. Um, And I think, uh, you know, I think basically, I I think Clive's absolutely right. We were rocking a bit at the end of the first half. And, you know, usually a back three is supposed to make you a bit more secure. And then, you know, you go to a back four in an attempt to make yourself more secure. And you think, oh, how's this going to go? But we were. We we were kind of fine. Maybe bar the first kind of five minutes or so uh and you know look the second goal has a lot to do with that the second goal kills them um they kind of lose interest in the game at that point um but yeah he's he's uh he's he's just one of those he looks to me like one of those players that doesn't do anything badly but there's nothing you'd say oh yeah he's really good at that um and that that's what you need um in that position
2: so yeah. what, he did, what what I felt happened in the second half, guys, was obviously I thought, when we went to back four, I was a little bit edgy, actually. I was all oh, crikey. Mm. In the first two, in the first seconds, you look at Kolasinic and, and Lichstein, and you're thinking, well, they're standing in the same positions as they were in the first half. They're right on the touchline. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is not going to end well. But what we did was just move the emphasis further forward. So then because then uh, Torreira then steps in front. Then he got Elneny N- and Guendouzi in front of them. And then you got Smithrow and Iwobi in front of them. And everything moves forward, which means we're now engaging them higher up. And we're not playing in the right, in the wrong areas. Our back five was so deep. So every time we tried to exit, we were losing it in the middle third. They're getting shots off and, and reverse shots. And Neno's making great saves. By moving... Almost our defense in front of the, the back four and Torreira being that almost that first line, they've got to travel through our midfield and we can press them up there and then suddenly we're getting transitions and they're running backward. And towards the end of the game, they're running backward for two gold, three goal deficit, and suddenly they didn't look so quick, didn't look so enthusiastic, and they were getting in and we left two goals on that pitch. That should have oh, been five least. nil, right?
0: Yeah, it yeah. Was, um, well Mesadozal do you, do you guys hate anything as much as Mesadozal hates shooting?
1: <laughs> yeah i was thinking like i, I was just going to add to close point and say it's almost like a v shape um there you've got with like torreira at the base and then yeah you've got two maybe slightly wide of him but fairly central and then yeah. you know the two guys slightly wide of them but not like out on the touch line it's it's so, like a proper flow you know in, uh, in ice hockey it, that's that's kind of that's flying v. the idea right that you play in a bit of the flying v yeah exactly yeah it's what, but he, did. Yeah, it's what the, he did at psg yeah yeah yep. yeah exactly. But yeah that that Ozil pass I mean uh, the, this is the thing with Ozil sometimes I'm, I I I feel like um this happened under Wenger a fair bit where the emphasis was so much on like um you know look for the pass that sometimes the pass isn't the best option it that I am all for setting up a better place teammate and on another night smithrow misses the, that chance that he had and danny welbeck is on the back post going um excuse me uh i'm unmarked back here but the 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 thing you should do in that scenario is take the best option available to you and if the best option's are pass pass but it, it isn't always and um i mean that was that was kind of peakers it was because it was on his right foot but you know having like He's got one player in front of him and a clear shot on goal, but he decides to try and tee up someone who's got three players in front of him. It was well, um
0: he,
2: re- also, he
1: refuses to
0: guys, do anything,
2: ugly, right? it's one thing, to do anything it, ugly.
0: It's one thing to pass the ball across the six yard box, but when you are at the edge of the six yard box yeah. and the pass you pick out is the top of the eighteen, you've maybe overthought it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like he passed it directly across the box. He went back ten yards, so that was a little bizarre. But well well, Tim, let's stay on the, the substitutions. I mean this game was won. Their legs were gone. This was not much of a competition from a class standpoint. And I always felt if we needed another goal, we could have gone up a gear and, and gotten it. How surprised were you that Lacazette and Ozil came on and played? And and were I, you upset that they did?
1: I, I wasn't surprised at all, actually, because he took them um and and you look at that bench there was no one on that bench that isn't a first team player so i i didn't think he'd keep the same 11 but i think having taken them he you know he i i think whatever the score would have been he'd have he'd have put them on and given them 15 20 minutes just to you know keep them tuned keep them sharp a little bit and to be quite frank i i have no idea what the kind of um what the like the the performance team, um, as it were, there, there might be really good sports science behind this that says, yeah, give them 15 minutes against some tiring legs. They don't have to overexert themselves. They don't have to go sprinting off. They're not chasing anything, you know, give, give them like a 15 minute almost training session. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, if there wasn't um, a game, they would have had a training session today. Right. So it isn't much different. Yeah.
1: I sometimes, it's no, I, about so, sorry, sorry,
0: just finish up Tim. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was, I was just going to say it, it f- me uh, my slight concern with the squad we brought out wasn't so much the playing of the game it was more the travel yeah. and i know i understand when people are like oh yeah but you know they travel in such style and and that's fine but i mean two things first of all um fulham aren't doing that either way no matter how comfortably you're traveling our opponents on sunday aren't doing that second of all um you know they 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 might travel very very comfortably they're still getting home at sunrise tomorrow um which you know i'm i'm sure they'll have a nice nap on the plane and all of that but that that's still slightly disruptive but i you know i'm not massively exercised about that i think once you take them i i don't think playing them is is much of an issue
0: no i agree with that all right and and by the way the one thing i will say it's not just travel Pro athletes, you hear this from them all the time. So much of their performance is also down to routine. And so if you can keep a week, you know, sleeping in your own bed, staying in your own home, going through your own routine, being on the same sleep schedule, you know, eating at the same times, those things, as weird as it sounds, I mean, pro athletes will tell you that that matters to them. And so even just going on a trip like that disrupts those routines a little bit. Um having said that, you know, I think at any big club you are used to a midweek game and travel and all of that. So Clive, mm-hmm. I mean your thoughts on, on those guys getting on the pitch and you know whether it, it was worth it, not worth it, a risk worth taking.
2: I, I think what he's trying to do is get the winning mentality back. He wants wins and wins he wants to keep as many wins going as possible. And I'm not saying we were going to lose out there, but I think the commentator said that Carabag drew with Athletica Madrid twice last season. So this is a manager that does his research. If we didn't score early, maybe they would have got the crowd up and you never know what could have happened. Um, He wants to win and he wants to get that change our mentality. And I am hugely behind that. There's been too many times when we've chosen when to turn up over the last few years. Has have been a cup team over the last few years? If we want to change this culture and change our mentality, it starts by winning every game. And if you look at, you know, now Chelsea's got a slightly you know, more expensive squad and a, and a smaller squad. And when they play these games, their players play. You know, look at other teams. It's only a lot of their players play, a lot of their big players play. We've let our big players have weeks off. I, I don't think it benefited the squad last year. We sort of were behind it. I wanted it. This two-squad thing, I, I liked it. It seemed to make sense. But it didn't make sense. I don't think it bred the right sort of mentality. I don't think it bred the right competitive nature you need in addressing them I don't think it made people work for their paycheck I think it made people think well I don't have to play today I want to be one of the people that don't have to travel that don't have to play that didn't have to play three times a week I think he's great what he's doing everyone's the same let's change the mentality let's get Arsenal back to being a winning football club and then start from there let's build our our build our new Arsenal from that from that baseline
0: well, part of the new arsenal, Clive, is uh, Burn Leno at, at uh, as our goalkeeper. I mean, obviously, check out with an injury, and now is Leno's time to make that position his own. I will admit, for no reason I can really put my finger on, the guy makes me nervous as hell. I don't know why. I mean, there's there's no particular reason. Um, maybe it's just the reputation that he has a, a mistake in, and maybe it's that mistake he made at the weekend where he almost sort of whiffed on it and backheeled it into his own net. But I, I mean, this performance, he did make some critical saves. He he certainly looks like he's very quick to get down to balls and very quick uh, to, to get off his line and, and play sweeper-keeper. I mean, there are there are things to like here. Overall, how did this performance strike you?
2: Yeah, a couple of those saves I thought were excellent. The one that went through, I think it was Monreal's legs and by the near post, that generally, that's a goal, right? And if that goes in, no one's going to complain. He's fired that low through the through the guy's legs on the reverse, and he's collapsed his legs really quickly and got to the ground. And um, I mean, that's a great save. And I think he made another one in the early part of the second half, a block, low down as well. I just like his speed. I like his speed on the ground. I like his speed of hands. Yeah, he's not six foot five. So there will be occasions where I can see the ball going to the top corner if he's well struck. But he is the modern goalkeeper. Chelsea has got one. You know, very light. Barcelona have got one. Very light on their feet look like footballers look like they can play they move they they're just mobile athletes that are quick off their line very aggressive and very front-footed and and that's the way the game's going the goalkeeper now is just another outfield player and, and he is the base of your team and you know i've seen many a five-a-side tournament and when that's how a goalkeeper's used, right? and they come out rush and they end up being your your, your last centre back. You can always go back to him, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I like him. I like him, and he's getting a chance now. And I think, I think as fans, we've got to realise that there's a huge investments coming from clubs. And the important thing when you put these players into teams is that they arrive at the right time. They don't derail. And we we all want to see Torreira play, but he's arrived at the right time. And now he seems to be in the team, and Liverpool have got one in Fabinho. He cost 40 million pounds, and he's not started yet. There are other signings that have happened across the league that are just waiting to settle in. I think we just got to change our thought process now about how long it takes to adapt to a team, and um, for a key position like goalkeeper, I was always fine with Czech being in goal. I thought there would be a moment in time when Czech would come out of the goal, and Czech may come back in. And we got to accept that as well. But um, what may happen is that Czech might not get that contract for next season and he will then walk depending on how Leno does right now. And right now he's doing really well.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I I certainly can't fault anything he did today. The one thing I think is interesting is 4 of 14 on long passes. I mean, all season long we've been under 50%, under 40%. This is under 30% um, on long passes, 24 of 25 short I, I kind of expected us to try to play out from the back more, even, but it does look like um, discretion has become the better part of valor with our our approach playing out from the back. In that we're not forcing it if it's not there, and we're just kicking it long mm. if we're under if we're under dress. Yeah, go ahead,
2: Eric. Can I say one more thing? I just think of course. I wonder <laughs> since we've had I wonder if this it's correlates one for Scott, right? but since we've got a right-footed goalkeeper in. We are attacking massively on the left-hand side. Now, right-footers tend to want to kick to their left; it's just a natural stroke, right? So, I think today we did 45% of our attacks on the left, and around 30 in the middle, and around 22 or 23 on the right-hand side. So, we've become very left-sided biased as we as we exit and come out of our defence. And I'm wondering, you know, for the for the future, and he, and he tried it already if we need to move Aubameyang to the right-hand side of our attack, if we are going to play mm. them both together. And the reason why is that it's just similar to Theo Walcott, Tim. That mm. right-sided player was the finisher, because we were very left-sided yeah. buyers. You don't want him part of the build-up. You want him as a finisher. And if you look at Aubameyang's goal, I can't remember, was it the first goal against, uh, I can't remember Fourskler. now. Forskler.
0: Yeah, first exactly. goal against you, it, yeah, it comes from the right channel
2: from yep. the left and yeah, and he just yeah. did it in on the right hand side and I, I think he may look at that and he's not an idiot he looks at the data just like we do and if we're building up from that side and the Babin skill is not build up but we are creating so many opportunities on the right hand side to finish then yes, let's be a left-sided bias team or build up. But let's make sure when that ball comes across to the right. We've got the main man out there to finish it off, and that'd be interesting to see how he develops that going forward. And maybe some that's linked to the goalkeeper and how he exits. But maybe I'm just maybe we just left side full stop, and it's something to think about going forward.
0: Well, I, I think a huge part of it too, it, certainly in the first team, is that Granite Xhaka is playing on the left side of the the midfield too, and wherever he's playing is the side that we build up through. Um, so I'm sure that has something to do with it as well. I mean, Tim, y- mm. you feeling okay about Leno? Where's Where's your sort of uh, yeah. panic meter on on the goalkeeper situation?
1: Yeah, the, he's looked pretty decent um, to me. Obviously, jury's still out, small data size, uh, and and all of that. But he, he's not anything wrong. I think um, I like the way. So I remember, uh, I think it was when Isaac Success went through on goal on on a Saturday, and I was like. Oh, he's really slow off his line, um, but actually, what he does quite well because he's done it—he's had, unfortunately, he's had cause to do it several times. But what he does quite well is he doesn't do that um, almost that Chesney style. I'm going to come and clean the ball out, and um, but he—he's—he's uh, he's very conscious of what to do with his body. So rather than rushing to the ball, he thinks right. I'm going to get my stance right. So. Yeah, I'm gonna let you get the shot off, but I'm gonna make sure that I'm in exactly the right position when you do it. And that shot Clive referenced, I think that was really what he was doing. He didn't like advance out of the goal or, or anything like that or try to spook the player. He thought, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna get myself where I should be. Um, so almost like letting the shot happen, but just thinking, No, but if it comes in, I'm going to be in the right position to collect it. And um, he he does that, I think, quite well in smothering players. He doesn't really, really commit, particularly in this day and age where, um, you know, strikers are so smart about, you know, just nicking the ball and letting, letting the goalkeeper take a leg. And you know how many penalties Arsenal conceded in the last two seasons. He, he seems to, he seems to take a different view on that, which is something quite different. Because I think even Czech, is um he he tends to come out and he wants to attack the ball whereas leno is much more no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna attack the ball but i'm gonna make myself hard to beat when you get the shot off which is quite an interesting thing and and actually i've liked his distribution i i think there's this idea that um when when people said that he had good distribution what people thought was that means he's going to be passing it short all the time and actually, what good distribution is for a goalkeeper, it's not even about your percentage. It's about making the right decision. Um, and, and you said it yourself there, Elliot, like in the first three games, uh, it almost looked like Arsenal thought, uh, uh, oh, we're not comfortable and we're being really pressed here. But but this is what the manager's told us to do. So we're going to try and do it. Whereas they're much more, um, The the judgment does seem to be better and Leno's much better. Um, at doing that, I think. And I think I said this on the last pod. It's because when the ball's rolling to him, he's already looking around. Whereas with check, it's the ball comes to him. It takes him an age to stop it. He has to look down and stare at it and get like a good sniff of the ball. And then he looks up. Whereas Leno, he's already scanning the pitch when the ball's coming back to him. And um, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy for him to go along because I think he's done that a few times where he's looked up, right, nothing on, get rid of it, and that is the right thing to do sometimes. Like we were saying, or I was saying about the Ozil thing, it's it's not about doing the same thing all the time. It's about taking the right decision, and uh, I think he takes the right decisions with the ball.
0: Yeah, dis- discretion is a better part of Valor, playing out from the back. I think if the first choice should be to play out from the back when it's there, but what I like is we seem yeah. to have the balance better now of not forcing the issue if mm-hmm. the situation isn't right for it and and certainly and that keeps yeah, go ahead. the opposition guessing
1: as well because yep. if you just play out all the time then they know exactly what to do
0: yeah I, I couldn't agree more look we're at about the hour mark and i i think considering we just played at carry a bag it, a million miles from london in a competition that we're going to cruise through the group stage and we don't need to go too much further tim is going to have i assume well let me not speak for you let me just ask you i assume you're going to have a full and preview video on the patreon side Yep, that will be up um, tomorrow. I think what we're going to do is make that one free for everyone over on Patreon so you can get a sense of what they're like. Laszlo Phillip, uh, who is awesome, uh, is doing the professional graphics for it, and he is hugely appreciated for that and also hugely talented, and Tim obviously has tremendous... Uh, insight into Arsenal something that is badly missing on this podcast usually but but he does have it so that's good and uh, so those will be that'll be up tomorrow or today depending when you're listening to this and I think we'll just go ahead and put it on Patreon but make it free for everyone so you can get a sense of what those are like and see if they interest you which they surely will Um, I guess we just leave it with this real quick Clive um, without wanting to step on Tim's toes with the content he'll be putting out Um, (coughs) looking ahead to Fulham I mean Mkhitaryan was left home Aubameyang was left home Lacazette went to carry bag and played uh Wobi played most of the game do you think maybe just maybe the manager set himself up for an opportunity to put Yang back at centre forward and Mkhitaryan on uh you know one of the three forward positions and and maybe just maybe try something a little different
2: yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised mate I think he might go I think it was it was notable that Wobi came off and uh, I think that was a little nod to Sunday um and I think I could see Awobi, Erzil, and uh, Mikatarin, and uh, and Aubameyang up front. And I think there was no problem for an away game. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think Fulham were not taking, uh, Fulham will be a bit unlucky in some of their games. They've missed a lot of early chances. And I think
0: 16 um, goals conceded, my man.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, they've they've conceded a lot of goals, but if you, I watched I watched a few of them games, and I'm telling you, they've had the first big chances in almost every one. So um, I'm not saying that um, <laughs> we're going to lose, but um, when I'm have well we ever
0: conceded game. a big chance to a weak side? Other yeah, than the we six we gave Watford, whatever it was.
2: <laughs> we don't we don't give up big chances, do we? Really, that's not our no, our that's members. not our MO. So, um, so yeah, one interesting thing about tonight is I think all our five signings from the summer all played tonight. And it's quite, and we talked we spoke about almost all of them and um you know let's give a little nod to um to recruitment I think um maybe Lichtsteiner was average but I think the other four were were pretty good and they've all got decent ceilings so, um and the Socrates has been tremendous and he's getting better and better and um. And and I Maggie Knight tried to get him before we did, and I'm so glad they didn't, because otherwise they might look stable right now. And um, but we are looking very stable with him and the team. And football's such a such a short memory game. I mean, I couldn't imagine an Arsenal team without Koscielny, and none of us barely mention him anymore. So quickly how things change, right? So, um, because Socrates has replaced him in our defence, and um, so yeah, fair play to the recruitment for finding these players. So I think they're all excellent.
0: Well, the great thing about this run, the great thing about a winning run like this is it has given Emery hopefully the goodwill and the, the confidence to feel now that he can start putting out the lineups he wants, You know, start sitting down some of his superstars if they need a break. You know, When he, when he starts the season with two losses and, and against two rivals, you have to build up a little credit with the fans, a little credit with the club, a little credit with the players so that they can see that what you're doing is working so that they will trust you. And with eight wins in a row... He hopefully has built that up enough that he now feels he has the latitude to make the choices he wants to make, and it feels more like his team that he can manage his way. And uh, we'll get a sense of that on Sunday, because I think everyone would agree that while these wins are great, it wouldn't hurt to see maybe just a little bit more of a sparkling performance at Fulham on Sunday. But, of course, the three points are paramount. Tim's on Twitter at Stilberto. Thanks, Tim. My pleasure, as always. We'll look forward to your uh, video preview coming out shortly. Clive's on Twitter at Clive Pafc. Thanks, Clive.
2: Thank you very much, my son.
0: Uh, thanks dad my name is Elliot Smith you can block me on Twitter Anki Gunner give us a five star review and to those of you who have joined us live to listen to this thank you for doing that Uh, that was kind of fun and different and so we hope you enjoyed it but this will still be put out as a regular podcast and those of you who are listening to it as a regular podcast know that because you're listening to it that way duh Uh, in any event um, we really do appreciate it we will come back with a podcast after Fulham on Sunday, and then during the international break, we'll have in the spotlight Mesut Ozil over on the Patreon side, plus a couple other surprise inclusions as well. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you after Arsenal 10, Fulham nil.